I always try to surround myself by really smart and thoughtful people. We can really deal with these issues by working together. Welcome to Agency for Change, a podcast from Kid Glove that brings you the stories of changemakers who are actively working to improve our communities. In every episode, we'll meet with people who are making a lasting impact in the places we call home. The year was 1923 when a group of concerned citizens and community leaders in Omaha, Nebraska, got together and decided that there ought to be some way to help people in need. They called it the Community Chest, and that first year, the Chest collected donations and distributed those funds to at least 30 different nonprofit agencies throughout Douglas County. They've been helping the community ever since, though you may know them by a different name, the United Way of the Midlands. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Agency for Change podcast. I'm Lynn Weinman, President and Chief Strategist at Kid Glove. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's guest is Shauna Forsberg, President and CEO of United Way of the Midlands, which is dedicated to working alongside community leaders, volunteers, and companies to achieve lasting change and help those in need. That sounds fabulous. Shauna, I'm eager to talk with you today and learn more about the great impact you're making on the world. Well, Lynn, it's a real pleasure to be here. We're really honored you uh, chose to have a conversation with us today. Ah, how could we not have a conversation with you with all of the great things that you're doing? And I'm really eager to dive into some of those. But let's start with talking about the United Way of the Midlands. I think most people know that United Way of the Midlands helps our community. But could you take a moment to tell us who in the community you serve and how you help them? I think what's really unique about the way the United Way network is set up is that we're independent 501c3s. So we have people in the community really best discerning where challenges are at and how we can assist. And so we serve the Omaha Council Bluffs Metro, and then several of our programs, we actually serve the entire state of Nebraska. Oh, that's great. I think that's something I didn't know about you as well. Sean, I'm always interested in finding out the journey that leaders have been on. And I'd love to ask you about your career. I understand you started at the United Way in 2013 as the Senior Vice President of Marketing. I love talking to fellow marketing people. And today you're the President and CEO of the organization. Is this where you intended to be as you look back at 2013? And what were some of the big milestones that got you to where you are now? You know, I felt very fortunate to carve out a fun and engaging career in our community. But I did start off on the for-profit side. I actually ran the corporate marketing team at ConAgra for many years. And that was an amazing experience because you worked on a variety of brands and really, you know, worked for a chair of stomach, right? Like we were selling great food and got to work with people from all across the country and really understood how important brand management was. I did decide to start in not-for-profit at first, it was really, I had young kids and I, I was struggling with the, the pace, yeah. which I find a little ironic right now because the pace <laughs> here is, is pretty crazy, but but beautiful. But I'm very grateful I had that foundation in, in for-profit. I learned a lot from my schooling and amazing mentors and people along the way. 
but I always had a, a need or want to be involved in the community. So I had run several not-for-profit boards, been involved in many boards, always tried to uh, fill my cup, I guess, that way. And so when I had this opportunity to move at, into United Way in the marketing capacity, it felt like a really great fit for me, being able to leverage the, the people that I knew and my experiences to, to give back. I didn't anticipate ever becoming CEO, but it was a really unique and wonderful opportunity that presented itself in kind of a hard way, to be honest with you. My predecessor passed away unexpectedly. Mm, yeah. And so I, yeah, I was given a really um, unique opportunity to lead in the interim space and then, you know, for an interim period of time, and then quite frankly, fell in love with what we could do. And I was so honored to give the final nod in 2014 to, uh, to lead the efforts here. Yeah. Um, so it's it's been a great, really wonderful experience. Shauna, a couple of things that you said there that really stand out to me. I can completely see how your corporate for-profit background probably did provide a really great foundation for for a nonprofit organization. But also, I do think sometimes people feel like I'm going into the nonprofit side, it'll be a kind of a kinder, gentler, lighter workload. And it's not really, is it? Because I think in particular, when you can see how your effort does so much good for the community, it's hard to stop, I think. Well, we do take on an awful lot. We try to be as efficient as we possibly can. And so you're juggling lots of things at, a, at the same time. I think for me that the benefit of working at for-profit, we're very lucky to partner with 600 companies here in town to do yeah. our work. And so to understand how they think about the world and how they talk about the world, it, it helps us engage them in the work that we're doing here. But you're right. I think I had a big misconception when I left for-profit space to not-for-profit space on this side of the coin, you're usually developing the strategy and and that, but you're also implementing a lot yeah. because you're you're trying to spread yourself thin enough. But I, I find real joy in that. And I also just love the people that mm-hmm. are drawn to work in this space. They're here because their hearts are in it. And it just, you know, makes for a really beautiful culture. One hundred percent. I think that's found fantastic. So Shauna, what are you most proud of accomplishing during your time with the organization thus far? And what are you looking forward to in the future? You know, we've had in the community two really significant challenges over the last three years. First was we had really widespread flooding. Oh, right. um, Overnight, we had individuals that you had never had to ask for help before that had lost their homes and were trying to figure out what next steps were. Yeah. And, you know, we really did respond in a very thoughtful way, not only leveraging resources we had, but also quickly working to raise additional funding and get those dollars out to, to programs and people that really needed it. Whether it was our 211 staff that immediately went to 24 seven and was available to direct people to resources and locations to starting a fundraising fundraising on the same day the flooding hit. We just decided we were going to jump in. And that experience really helped set the foundation for us to be responsive to COVID. We've been very fortunate to work with thought leaders and many agencies on the front lines to do incremental work to help our community recover from from COVID. So uh, I think that's really where I'm most proud of our team. Yeah, um, those were big initiatives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, being very nimble and responsive to what our community needed 
and drawing resources in in a really thoughtful way. So those that donated knew that their dollars were really making a difference. Yeah. So what are you looking forward to in the future? I mean, I'm I'm hoping that we don't have another giant flood, but I'm right. sure there will be something. I'm hoping we're on the tail end of the pandemic. Uh, at least we're kind yeah. of figuring out how to live with COVID, I think. Right. But uh, what, what's what's in the future for you yeah. and the United Way? Yeah, I think our biggest thing is helping with that recovery effort. So folks that were still struggling through COVID, how can we help provide resources to help them achieve financial stability? Yeah. Um, we're going to spend a lot of effort in that space. We've also been very excited um, to get involved in new programming for us. We were tapped by the governor and the head of labor, Commissioner Albin, to start a, or take over a Jobs for America's Graduates program. And it's embedded in the school systems across the state. And it works with some of our highest need kiddos to help provide resources for them in their middle school and high school years um, to identify where they want to go after high school, what, what career paths could they see themselves in. And we're just Im- immensely proud of the group that's working for our Jobs for America's Graduates program and seeing great results for young people. We want to keep our talent here in Nebraska, and we want to help all all students, you know, be ready to find meaningful careers for themselves once they're done, you know, done with their high school careers. We also have been really proud of our 211 call center doing a ton of work, making sure that people know where to go when they need help and providing resources. So we're going to continue fundraising and ensure that we get dollars to the programs. We have the great joy of funding. There's amazing programs in our footprint. We're going to do the best we can to raise as much as we can. And, yeah. And also manage these other programs. Well, fantastic. Well, I'm I'm hoping that maybe there will be people listening to this podcast who are inspired to support you in that way. And we'll get some contact information towards the end of our conversation. But those are great programs. I love to see the way the United Way partners with the community and programs that partner with, with government entities and companies. I mean, I think really that that role is is a very important one. So as you think about all of the different things people can be involved in, do you have any advice for someone who does want to get more involved in community work? I mean, in your view, how can they do the most good? You know, from my perspective, getting involved can be a mirror to things. If you're um, want to make sure that your, you know, your donation and treasure, if you're able to help, of course, that's always a really good thing to do and, and help these not-for-profits do yeah. their amazing work. But there's also, I think, people that lend their time and get to know others and take part in great volunteer experiences. It fills your cup in both ways. You know, you're helping others, but but it also fills your personal cup oh, and yeah. understanding. And so we do have a really strong uh, volunteer effort and folks can sign up. Um, if they want to get involved in committees or, you know, we, we have an amazing emerging leaders group. We have a Women United group that is doing some really fabulous work in mental health support. You can meet other lovely people in the community. I think that's the yeah. thing that's the most joyful part about my job are the people I get to meet and work with. Yeah. Uh, so so we've got a myriad of ways to penetrate. We really want to be able to meet people where they're at and provide opportunities for them to engage in their community. 
Yeah. I've often thought in the field of marketing, Shauna, it's a good way for people to try out a new skill or maybe something they want to, you know, that they don't get to do in their day-to-day work, but they'd like to try. I mean, there's a lot of nonprofits that could use some copywriting support or website support mm-hmm. or and those kinds of things as well. And it, it just makes you feel great, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think that that Leland in your professional expertise is one of the neatest ways to give back. You know, I not-for-profits really do a lot of work with fewer people. They don't have as many resources. And so if you can come in and it can be anything, you know, if you can help with accounting or you can help, you know, help somebody develop their own podcast, right? Yeah. If you've got yeah. that expertise, sharing that that skill and talent and building up the the not-for-profits um, expertise in these areas is incredibly rewarding yeah um, you know and you can there's so many different programs you know depending on what your personal interests are you know working with kids or the elderly or if you want to you know like literacy programs or helping the homeless there, there's just a wide range of opportunities uh you know to get involved and we'd be more than happy to to connect people to those those yeah. opportunities in the community. That is what's so cool about what you do, the wide variety of people and organizations that are helped. So, you know, Shauna, stepping back just a little bit, can you help our listeners understand the organization more? And and I'm even curious, how does United Way of the Midlands fit into the overall United Way structure? So... I think what is really unique about United Way is where, you know, we're independent 501c3. So we really listen and intently try to understand and best discern where we can provide supports in our community. We are very fortunate here to have an amazing board of directors and um, they get very, you know, they provide immense grit, I guess, guidance to us about where we should be spending our time. So really way fundraising or what United Way started as was a fundraising arm for many critical not-for-profits in the community. And in our case, the way we go about our investments is um, organizations that are doing great work have the opportunity to apply for funds every other year. And then they receive critical funding for programs based on you know, what United Way is able to allocate towards them or to, to give them through a grant process. It's a win-win for all because the agencies recognize it's a, it's a pretty robust grant process. We want to ensure that every dollar gets out there is really doing what the intention yeah. is. We do follow up and we basically serve you know, our donors in that way to give them assurance that the dollars that are given really get to the best programs and doing the best good, as you say, or the most good, yeah. you know, get to the absolute best programs and that assurance that they're sharing their treasure with us, that it that it's getting there. The nice thing is the agencies that receive the funding kind of utilize United Way funding as that good housekeeping seal of approval, mm-hmm. um, and it helps them achieve you know funding from other streams as well. So that's really the foundational work that United Way does. We also, of course, run some programs directly, such as the Jobs for America's Graduates or 211. We've had a really large housing stability program that we have run during COVID, distributing ARPA and CARES Act funding and helping people stay in their homes. So we do some direct service in that case. And then of course we do a lot of, lot of fundraising uh, and, and investment. Um, this last year we were able to get over $20 million out into the community. Wow. Um, to, to provide wow. services. That's, a, that's quite a lot. That's quite a lot. So, so thinking about that $20 million out in, in the community, 
So I'm just curious, what does the value say of a a $5 donation to United Way of the Midlands? Mm -hmm. And and how are those dollars then used to help programs you fund? Yeah, so... What we, what we really are proud of is we try really hard to be as efficient as we possibly can. And that takes a lot of volunteers sharing their talents with us. Our investment teams, for example, are made up of volunteers and content experts across the community. Every year when we do fundraising, we have a robust cabinet led by leaders in the community. So this past year, we were incredibly lucky to have Lance and Julie Fritz, who um, Lance is the CEO of Union Pacific, lead the campaign effort. We simply could not do the work that isn't for those volunteers and having a lot of people step up. So what it's allowed us to do is have 93 cents of every dollar donated going into the community. That's so great. That is is really great. I'm going to try to, you wanted $5. So that means (laughs) $4.65. I wanted to do that in my head here, but that, so we're a really great value. And for that, you know, 35 cents or whatever that you're paying for that $5, the the benefit that you receive in that is assurance that your dollars are getting to the programs that are really driving the greatest change. And we know by combining dollars and really doing that, that analytics and review that the dollars go further Um, instead of a bunch of smart smattering of, of, of donations, we're able to, you know, we're able to really make sure that, that the dollars that people, if they share their treasure with us, we owe it to them. Yeah. to make sure that we're doing the absolute best we can with those dollars. That's great. I think people want to know that. And you were super fast on that math in your head. I was trying to do it as well. Um, and I asked the question, so I should have been more prepared for it. So $4.65 of $5. So that, that's a pretty good ratio right there. So you mentioned earlier, we talked a bit about the pandemic and how it, it really did create a very fast and unprecedented level of demand for community services. How did that impact United Way of the Midlands? You know, it's the call. I'll just give you some examples. I think for us, it was just the volume of people that needed help went up dramatically. In our country, uh, prior to the pandemic, 40% of Americans had $400 or less in their savings account. So if your income stream was disrupted, you were, you know, those are what we would call living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. The other unique thing in in our community is Omaha has the highest number of working poor out of the top 100 communities in the country. You know, I did not realize that. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic. I mean, we have people that really want to do well and want, want to work. It's getting alignment with the skill sets they have and ensuring that they can make a living wage, you know, in the types of of positions that they have, especially if they're caring for for a family. And so we were hit really hard in a lot of ways. Some people managed through the pandemic actually at a cost savings. If you think about us that we're wearing suits every day and driving to work, you know, we, we actually saved money. Yeah. We're able to keep our jobs. We did it on zoom or, you know, conference calls. I mean, I didn't enjoy it personally. I miss my my team, but (laughs) But, but, but we know, could make it work. Things move it, yeah. right? You could make it move in. Well, if you're, if your money and your job, your, uh, your finances were cut, it, it was a harder rebound. Yeah. And so that's kind of what we're seeing. It's almost a tale of two cities where you've got some that have managed through it. And it was definitely not something any of us enjoyed, but, but we figured it out and others that just didn't necessarily have the support system around them that they needed uh, yeah. to, to get through it as clearly. So we're, this is going to be a, a long recovery for some. And what we're trying to do is to not only provide resources that help serve, so access to food, 
access to health and mental health services, which by the way, mental health is becoming a big problem through big COVID. problem. Yeah. Big problem. Um, and then basically your basics, what do we need to, to, to be healthy, but also what can we be doing to help provide skill development, upskilling, reskilling, getting people into more financially stable positions, yeah. increasing trainings, those sorts of things. So we invest in what we call a circle of support. You know, it's ensuring people have their basic needs and are cared for, but we also want to invest in programs that are going to help help people get access to training and things that will allow them to achieve financial independence. Yeah, I love that. For a lot of organizations that help others, I mean, it'd be kind of great if we could figure out a way that the United Way is not needed in the future, but that that's, doesn't even seem like it would be possible, right? And I think that we're lucky in times of great crisis that Omaha has an organization that, that you you and your board have been doing the work that you've been doing, so you're ready to respond. So, uh, Shauna, I don't know if you've got a crystal ball there on your desk, yeah. but looking uh, towards the future, I mean, any idea of what the organization looks like 10 to 15 years down the road? Yeah. So we're coming up on our 100-year anniversary in um, Congratulations. 2023. Yeah, we'll be 100 years old. And I think about the the way that, um, you know, we we spent that 100 years really trying to get, do good. Some of it, you want that go forward to continue in that you're there to be responsive to what the current needs of your community are. And I, I think that's what's the most beautiful thing about the way the United Way is set up is it has thought leaders and people that are leading the community very much involved in the response and it's a collaborative response effort instead of, you know, just one dimensional or only pulling in a few people's ideas on things. And I think that's, that's why, you know, I think United Way, we sure want it to be around for the long haul because, you know, whether it's a emergency, like a, you know, a natural disaster or a pandemic or just helping people that, you know, are living in poverty or generational poverty, what can we do to change trajectory for people? It's a really critical role and resource in the community. And I, our biggest goal is to be adaptive and responsive to what's needed. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Well, that sounds like a good plan to me. So we talked a little bit earlier about different programs and you mentioned running the 211 service. And I know that you recently celebrated 211 Day on February 11th, which is 211, right. to mark 20 right. years of that service in Nebraska. What what do you want listeners to know about the 211 program and what it does for the area? So we we feel so fortunate. I think this is a really great example of a public-private partnership. Thanks to Senator McDonald and many legislatures um, across our state. We received critical funding after the flooding to go back to 24-7 service. And thank goodness, because when the pandemic hit, yeah, yeah we moved from an average of 80,000 contacts a year to 250,000 contacts. Oh, my goodness. Because of the needs, right? I mean, yeah. for us, it's a good indicator and in being able to understand the types of things people are looking for. And housing, utility assistance, food assistance, and now mental health is one of the biggest things we're getting calls for and where people can get resources. And so for us, we were excited. We always have uh, February 11th as a big day for us. We celebrated 20, 20 uh, years as a 211. And then prior to that, we had actually been a, had a similar call center for 20 years before that. So oh my goodness. Serving, serving the community for about 40 years. But we've worked really hard thanks to this incremental state funding and support 
to get the word out and really expand the services that are available through 211. And so we couldn't be more proud of that group of amazing people. They have servants hearts, you know, they're sometimes on the phone with people when they're really in a bad Mm. spot and they're just able to bring calm and peace and help, help people figure out, um, you know, what, what's available to them, you know, and resources to help them, you know, deal with the situation that they're in. So we, we serve the whole state of Nebraska and significant portions of Iowa with our 211 service and nights and weekends we have all of Iowa. So um, our, our little call center here in Nebraska is doing a lot of good. That's amazing. It's got to be nice too for somebody who's in crisis. Sometimes you just don't know who to call, and your two one one center can really help them understand options, point them in the right direction, maybe even multiple resources if needed. So. Absolutely, we'll do more than one referral. And if somebody's calling about a specific issue, we'll also try to unpack and see if there's other things we can get them connected with. Then we always do follow up calls and check in on folks too. Yeah, and make Sean- sure everything worked out. Yeah. Shauna, um, it has been very inspiring to talk with you. And and one of my favorite questions to ask inspiring leaders is to give us a few words of wisdom. So I'm looking for a Shauna Forsberg original quote. My team really gets tired of me saying this, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I just believe people should be continuous learners. We We need to always look for better understanding and learn from each other. And I guess that's the second piece is that I always try to surround myself by really um, smart and thoughtful people. We can, uh, we can really deal with these issues by working together better. And I just have a, an amazing team here. I'm really honored to get to work mm. with them. That's great. I love both of those things. But I do think being a continuous learner, I was just sharing with someone on my team who's too young to know this book. But in the late 90s, a book came out called Who Moved My Cheese? I don't know if Absolutely. you remember that yes, book, right? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. But it was, all, it was all about the world is constantly changing and you can either decide you're not going to adapt or you can, can go for it and thrive. So that's great advice. So... So for our listeners who'd like to learn more about your work, how to support you, how to donate, how to volunteer, how can they find out more about United Way of the Midlands? Well, you know, I have a pretty amazing marketing team, so we're all over social, but um, probably the best place to start would be unitedwaymidlands.org. We do have a Facebook and Instagram page, which it's United Way Midlands as well as the place that you go within those platforms. Same within LinkedIn, our Twitter, YouTube. And, you know, to be honest with you, if folks want to email us, we you can email communitystrong at uwmidlands.org mm-hmm. and we'd be happy to connect with you. Great. We will make sure all of those get in the show notes as well. Shauna and listeners, anybody who wants to connect with United Way of the Midlands and all of the great things that they're doing. So Shauna, what a great conversation. And as we wrap up our talk together today, what is the most important thing you would like our listeners to remember about the work that you're doing? We're here to make our community a stronger place Mm -hmm. and to, to help meet people where they're at and help them. And so what we love to do most is connect people who care about the community and others with those that really could use the help. And so I, we would be honored uh, for anybody that wants to raise their hand and get involved. Um, we're very much better together. Oh, that's awesome. What a great way to, to get involved with just a variety of different ways to support your community and the people in the community. So Shauna, I fully believe 
The world needs more people like you, more organizations like United Way of the Midlands. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with me today. Well, Lynn, it was a real pleasure, and we just appreciate you getting us the opportunity to talk here today and to get to know you too as well. So it was a fun conversation. Ah, thanks so much. We hope you enjoyed today's Agency for Change podcast. To hear all our interviews with those who are making a positive change in our communities or to nominate a changemaker you'd love to hear from, visit kidglove.com at kidglov.com to get in touch. As always, if you like what you've heard today, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.